Hey everyone, my name is Noble, and I'm the Connections Pastor here at the River Church. Thanks for checking out one of our messages today. We would love to connect with you and your family. An easy way to do that is you can text River Connect to 97000, or you can go online to our website, theriverchurch.cc, to learn more about us and our upcoming events. If you'd like to give to the River Church, you can text an amount to 84321, or you can go online to our website and click the Giving tab. Thanks again for joining us today, and I hope you're blessed by the message. So, uh, every Monday I, I, I sit down. So I, I work on Mondays now. It's not like a big like cultural shift, and for you it's like, okay, whatever. But I get done preaching on uh, Sunday, and instantly I'm like, okay, where, where did I leave off? Where did God moreover leave off? Like, what's the direction? And while I, was, I, I, I do something that most people might hate, have you ever had to go back and listen to yourself after a presentation? is the hardest thing in the world to do. I do that every single week, and then I cringe at myself the entire time, and I'm like, why do people listen to me? Like, I'm nasally, like, I was like, I say um a lot. Like, I was like, I'm, I'm not a gifted communicator, and that's not martyrdom, so don't come up after me and give me compliments. You know, I don't do well with that stuff. But I, I sit there, and I just review. I, I, I sit in just meditation, and I just listen to God. But one of the weird things, because I know it was good, because if it came out of my mouth, it had to be from God that was said last week, was uh, Jesus tells us who we are. And I, I really sat on that, and I grabbed that. So we've, we've been doing the Sermon on the Mount, and last year we did the Beatitudes, and we went through the blessed bees, and blessed be the meek, blessed be the, the poor in spirit, all those. But for Jesus, again, the word of God that, again, I'm hoping dwells richly in you, the word of God tells us who we are. So if you're struggling, you're searching, you're trying to figure things out, again, the word of God is going to be the thing that points you to Christ. It's going to point you to truth. It's going to point you to those things. But then I really kind of thought about it. Okay, so Jesus tells us who we are. But then, because Jesus tells us who we are, because Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves, he created us, Jesus has the right to tell us what to do. Jesus tells us what we should do. So reading the Bible, if you're ever lost, you're ever trying to figure something out, why do we go to Scripture? Because it'll point us to the direction that we need to know. Now, it's not going to be, hey, riches and fame and everything will be good, but generally it'll point you to obedience where your heart has to be, what your focus has to be. So for us, uh, again, last week we kind of hit this idea of, again, you are the salt of the earth. It, we, we talked about a big thing. Again, the world, it, it's rot. The, the, the world offers us no sense of life. And us as the church, us as the blessed be, us as those who know Jesus, we're meant to be some sort of preservation. We're, we're meant to talk to people about life. We're meant to talk to people about, hey, like, you're going in a direction that is not going to be good. There's nothing but death in that direction. We as the church know life. We know where, again, we can get that sense of rejuvenation from. And Jesus kind of picks up and he goes, again, all the blessed bees. And then he goes into another. Hey, you are also this. So in Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 14, Jesus' words say, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. It's one of the most like, popular like, go-to verses that Jesus talks about. When we talk about like, sermons and we talk about illustrations, like, the light of the world is a little bit easier to preach than salt. Because you run into like, wait, what is salt? Why are we talking about salt? You think about it mostly just for food. When you talk about light, how many of you guys have ever like had to put in a night light or had to put some sort of light somewhere in your house to be able to help navigate you at night? 
How many of you have ever turned on a flashlight? Help you navigate. Well, it's an easy one for us to be able to understand. So let's break this down for a second. So when Jesus says you, same thing as last week. You are the salt of the earth. Same thing here, you. So who's Jesus talking to? You. You who are the blessed be. You who are saved. You who are redeemed by his blood. You who, honestly, when you see the cross, it actually means something to you. It's not folly. It's not just religion. You who are the believers. You who are the salt of the earth. You who profess that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Now, before I kind of move on, because this is like a central thing that we have to make sure that we always talk about, whether we're in growth community, no matter what, are you that? Are you part of the blessed be? Are you part of the redeemed? Are you part of the saved? Are, are you part of those people who, again, know Jesus Christ as Lord? And it's a very simple thing to kind of become a child of God. It's a very simple thing to know Jesus, but it has like eternal like aspects that bring a lot of complication because then you get into whole predestination and foreknowledge and all this stuff and what is sanctification. But it's very simple that Jesus says. You need to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be saved. Uh, it's put in another way. You need to repent and you need to believe. Meaning, what do we repent of? We're all fallen. We're all sinners. We have something that has been put in our lives since we were born that causes rebellion. We need to repent of that rebellion and we need to believe in the gospel. So again, if the gospel is not clearly presented in any type of church programming, what is going on in that church? But for you, are you part of that you? Like genuinely, like, don't be embarrassed, like, but I'm coming here for a couple of weeks. And I, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you don't know that you, Jesus calls you to be the light of the world, please come and talk to me because I want you to be a part of this. You get to go be the light in darkness. So it, do you know Jesus? But you, I love that he puts you. Preachers are always told, don't single people out. Jesus straight up singles people out in Sermon of the Mount. I don't know if he pointed, I don't know if he made, but like again, if he's saying you are the light of the world and he's like scanning and making eye contact with anybody and he has the authority that Jesus had, like I would crumble if I was in that spot. Like, me? But you are the light of the world. So again, we've we got to look at this again, the light of the world. So in the, in the truest, most simple way, we've got to understand that light is unmistakably there. Nobody walks outside and if the sun is out, be like, man, the sun's not really there. Now, can stuff block it? Yes, that's why we, Jesus even says you don't cover light. You don't block light. It doesn't make sense. But he's saying light is something that is unmistakably there. You can do your best to cover the sun. You can put sun, your sunglasses on. You can put tint on your windows. You can do any of those things. But you're still gonna, light's still going to be there. When you go outside and you see the stars, unless it's cloudy, you can't look at the stars and be like, yeah, they're not there. If you put a nightlight in your house, yeah, that's there. If you walk into a dark room and you flip the switch, and if you've got kids, they'll do it. You know it's there. You look at the lights around here. Look at the lights behind me. Light is one of those things that's really hard to look at somebody and be like, nah, it's not there. Like, can you see it? Now, again, maybe it's too bright, maybe it's too dim, maybe it's there. But again, if light is there, light is seen. And I love what Jesus says here. Like, you are the light. You, you are like a city on a hill. Again, unmistakably there. So kind of where I, I love what Jesus does. He's kind of doing a little bit of correlation here because Jerusalem, when it says, like, again, they, they went down, like, it, it's on a hill. They went down from Jerusalem. They went down. It was an elevation thing. It wasn't a north and south thing. So Jerusalem was up. People saw that. So when you see a city on a hill... And there's light, you see it. 
You can't turn around and not see it. So again, but he also says, again, you are the light of the world. This is where we're going to split some differences. This is where last week I kind of went full-blown at it. Again, do you believe that the world only offers rot? There's some people who respond like the world. They act like the world. They go to the world for hope, and they, they go to the world for just finding understanding in life, but there's nothing there but decay. And here, Jesus puts it back on it. Again, the world is dark because you are the light of the world. So what does that entail? He's not saying that the world is light. Saying that the world is dark. We have to kind of come to this. Like, does the world offer you any light? Does the world guide you in any way? Does the world bring you any peace? I mean, I'm going to take some worldly ideology. I'm going to take some wokeism. I'm going to take some of this, this, and this. It's all contrary to God's word. I'm like, that's going to help me get through life. Sadly, that does happen in the church. Sadly, there are people who, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get light from something that is outside of Jesus and think that it's real, and it's not. So when Jesus says, you are the light of the world, the blessed be, the redeemed, those who know Christ, you're the light. Why? You're meant to shine in darkness. So in Jesus' words here, we have to understand that the world is a dark place. It does not offer light. It does not offer comfort. The only comfort is found in God. The only guide is found in God. The only way for us to get through life is Jesus. Somebody looked at this, me this week and they're like, hey, are you good? And I'm like, well, even if I wasn't, I wouldn't tell you. That's my own insufficiencies of being able to be vulnerable and let people in. But I was like, I'm not good until I get to Jesus at the end. And like he sat there and again, there's a fellow pastor. He's like, you kind of high-roaded me a little bit, but that's, that, yeah, that's accurate. Because the reality, like, I, I'm going to struggle until I get to a place where Jesus says, well done, my good and faithful servant. The, the, there's always going to be a pushback. There's always going to be a struggle. There's always going to be me needing to rely on Christ in whatever situation I'm going through. I'm not good until I'm in heaven. I'm not good until I'm sitting with him. But to sit there, like, again, the world's not going to tell me otherwise, and I'm not going to go to the world for anything else. Now, again, is there still a struggle? Yes. Ephesians 6 talks about that. But for us, we really got to honestly look, like, Again, the world's a dark place. Are you the light of the world? So for us, to put ourselves in Jesus' like, audience here, for us, when we hear light, think about this. Even in the darkest place, there, there, there's light posts, stoplights, you have a cell phone nowadays. In Jesus' time, like this is like zero dark 30. This is like no electricity, no nothing. So I don't know how many of you guys have ever done like deep camping have you ever done camping or have you ever been somewhere where, like, it's so dark you can't see your hand in front of your face? Like, it, I, I've been, like, my basement at one point when I was a like, kid, like, first basement, no windows, no nothing. And if it was dark, man, it was dark. I had a friend wake me up in the middle of the night. We're having, like, a sleepover. He's like, Ryan. I'm like, what's up? He's like, I think I'm blind. I'm like, nah, man, it's just really, really dark down here. I was like, don't worry about it. Go back to sleep. We had no light whatsoever. But if you've ever done that deep hunting, you've ever done deep camping, you've ever been where you're so far away from civilization, there's not a single city, there's nothing, that's dark. But to think that if you have one flashlight, one torch, one anything, it can be seen so far away. So again, while dark is dark, and the world is dark, but even the littlest light is unmistakably there. For us, we have to kind of sit there. It's illogical for us to say light isn't there. And I love how Jesus kind of takes it. Again, it's illogical for us to cover that light. I love that Jesus says, in the same way, let your light shine before others. 
So he's saying it's illogical for you to be the light, and it's illogical for you to not show that light. It's illogical for you to put, again, a bushel over it. It's illogical for you if you have a light, and again, you you don't put it down here, you, you put it up here. You make sure that it illuminates the entire room. That's what you do. I love what Jesus says, in the same way. It's illogical to be light and cover light. And sometimes that's what the church can become. We know we're the light of the world. But we want to like just close all the doors and just focus on each other. We know we're supposed to be the light of the world. We know we're supposed to represent Jesus, but we only want to talk to Christians. I can't talk to somebody with a different political view. I can't talk to somebody with a different religion. I can't talk to somebody from a different denomination. <gasps> They're charismatic. Ooh. They're too Baptist for me to talk to. They're Nazarene, they're Lutheran, fill in the blank. But we've lost this. In the same way, make sure you shine your light before others. So we can't just take, again, we'll we'll shine the light to the people we want to shine the light to. We'll shine the light when we want to. Jesus, in the same way, Jesus calls his disciples to ensure that their light is unmistakably there and hidden. Now, if you're like, well, sweet, I'm going to go show my moralism. I'm going to show how, this is how great of a relationship I have with Jesus, and I'm going to make everybody else feel really, really bad because I read my Bible every single day, and my version Bible streak is really, really high. Well, that's not what we're shooting for. I'm going to show that I serve every single day. I'm going to give just to make sure people think that I'm great. No, that's not what we're shooting for here, and that's not what Jesus is shooting for here. When Jesus is saying, again, shine your light, is he saying, again, you're trying to show to represent you? No. You shine, and we can't forget about this context. You shine because you're part of the blessed be. You shine because it's the kingdom normative. You shine because, again, all things, the people who believe, if you're part of the blessed be, you shine not your skills, not your ability, not your morality, not your piety. You shine the change that he's done in your life. You shine his gospel. You shine the fact that he made you part of that blessed be. It's not about trying to make yourself look sweet. It's not trying to make yourself look over. It's not trying to be like out-pastor, out-Christian some other person. No. Your light is there because he gave you that light. And your light is because you are blessed. Because you are part of that blessed be. Uh, John, chapter 8, verses, uh, John chapter 8, verse 12 says again, and Jesus spoke to them and says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. And praise God for that. But he says, but will have the light of life. So Jesus, I am the main light. That's not to get this twisted. I'm the light. But whoever follows me, you're going to have the light of life. So we can't void the fact that Jesus is the primary light, and that's the person that we need to reflect. Even when Jesus says, you are the light of the world, your good works, what? Make it so people bring themselves to glorify the Father. It's not about showing you. It's about showing Jesus. But we also can't take away and just be like, oh, Jesus is the light, Jesus is the light, Jesus is the light. No, Jesus gave you the light of life. He gave you that change. He gave you the ability to navigate people to him. So you, person who's delivered, person who's blessed be, person who's redeemed. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8 says, for at one time you were, you were darkness, but now you, you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You who was there, you who were redeemed, you who were walking in darkness and you were spiritually blind, but again, Jesus showed up and saved your life. Now you walk as children of light. You, you shine your light because he gave you that light. You, you shine your light so people can come to know him. You shine your light so people look at you and be like, man, that's different. I'm going to go glorify the Father. You, blessed be you who are delivered, you who are saved. You're a lighthouse. 
You navigate people back to God. And so for me, like, I sat this week and I'm like, man, I, I, I could go a lot of different places here. I, I was playing with Ephesians this week. And again, Ephesians 5 verse 11 says, take no part in uh, unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And I'm like, ooh, let's talk about some exposing light here. Let's talk about making sure that the church isn't just laying down on sin. Let's make sure that the church isn't just okay with sin sitting there. Let's, let's make sure we have those hard conversations. But I was like, nah. I was like, I got, I got next week to really talk about sin and the law and grace and all that stuff. But it's one of those things we've got to think of. Again, we, we are meant to be light. We're meant to shine light. Again, if it's in darkness, man, it'll show up. I thought about sitting there and thinking about the church that's just lightless. And we have covered our, the, our, our light. We've covered it with a bushel, and we don't actually want other people to see it. I, I didn't land there. And then I'm just, again, sitting on Monday, and I'm, I'm reflecting, and I'm praying, and then God poked me. I was like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. He's like, no, 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 do it. So today I'm going to be a little bit more personal. And I don't like necessarily being personal because I struggle with vulnerability, and I'll just put that out there right now. But I, I sat there, and God just put this out of my heart, is how do you shine your light in a broken world when you feel broken. Because again, we look at it again, you are the light of the world. And I'm not saying, again, you're unsaved uh, and there could be some recommitment to Jesus. There could be maybe you don't know Jesus. But to sit there and I'm like, man, that's real. How do you shine the light that Jesus has given us when you feel just as broken as the world that you're trying to shine it to? So to preface, I pray that the River Church Burton we love broken people. I, I pray that we don't love people based on how good they're doing in life, how spiritual they're doing. Uh, most busted up person in the world can come into this church, and I pray that you see them, and you don't judge them. Well, they're wearing different clothes than me. So what? They have tattoos. So what? We love broken people here. But the truth is, guess what? Pastors are broken too. I, I don't want that to ever be something where somebody can turn around and be like, oh, Ryan, you got it all together. To be honest, uh, I, I'd rather lead in weakness that's real rather than lead in fake strength. I, 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 I don't presume I have it all together. I don't presume I got all the answers. The elders of the church don't presume they have all the answers, and they don't understand it. Like, we're, we're all broken people. So for me, I, I pray that people can love people other than their profession, other than their look. So guess what? I'll put it out there, and if you thought this, Ryan's not a superhero. Ryan struggles. And I don't say Pastor Ryan because I think that becomes a thing like, oh, pastors, but you know Jesus and you know the Bible. Like, yeah, I do. But the last season of my life has been a little bit difficult. I, I've been extremely tired. Uh, I've been like weirdly insecure, which I'm not insecure. I, I, I'm just weirdly insecure. I, I, I feel like an imposter. Like, doesn't matter what I do. I'm like, man, I, 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 I'm not doing it. Like, I'm a joke. There's no reason why I should be here. I, I'm, I'm dealing with, like, isolation. Uh, truth be told, like, I have, like, weird high-functioning anxiety where, like, I'm a really, really good worker, and I can get my job really done, but inside, like, I'm anxious as all can be. Some of you are like, whoa. I told you, God's like, do it. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to. But that's me. That's the last season I've been living through. And I've been freaked out, and if you ever go into my office, you can look up on the board, and you will see literally the next year of sermons. Not to say planned out, but I know where I'm going to go for most of them. In June, I'm telling you, in June, I knew we were going to be here. I'm like, i got to preach on being the light? Dude, I'm busted. I'm broken. There's just a twinkering going on, man. It ain't working. There's some, there's, there's some wires that need to be reconnected. 
But to hear, men, you are the light of the world. I hope this can be relatable. I hope by me saying, like, guess what, you struggle sometimes, guess what, so do I. Sometimes you don't. Again, how do I go and shine the light of the world when I feel broken? I, I pray that this isn't just something where I'm martyrdumming myself and it's a real thing. But have you ever known the goodness of Jesus, but you didn't feel like the light is there? I put that in my notes. That was the very first thing. I literally started building around that. I was like, have you ever known the goodness of Jesus? If someone came up to me and like, God is moving here. I'd be like, amen. I said, Jesus is the, the way, the truth, and life. Amen. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Amen. God is so faithful. God is so good. I'm like, amen. And like, I, I could sit there and I, I, I could tell you those things. But it wasn't, wasn't feeling. It wasn't, it wasn't there. It wasn't sitting there. So for me, like, I, I'm going back home and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm failing everybody in burden. And then Kathy's got to look at me and be like, stop martyring yourself. It's not about you. It's about God. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I, I, I'd come home and I look at her and be like, I'm failing the family. And she's like, again, stop martyring yourself. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. Stop. So again, always get yourself a best friend that can always tell you the truth. But if you ever sat in a spot where like, there is no good work in me, and I'm going to say something that's probably going to offend some people, and I might get some emails. It's our story at theriverchurch.cc. Hit me with those. I'm fine with it. But if you ever just sat in a spot, you look at yourself in the mirror, and you're like, I suck. That was me for a couple months. It's like, whoa. So for me, I had a great conversation with Kathy. Had a great conversation with the Lord, and it actually pushed me back to actually repentance, pushed me back to resting on the Lord, it pushed me back to Him. But weirdly enough, I was listening to a sermon, and it pushed me to Psalm 88. And the beautiful thing about Psalm 88 is one beauty of it, but the, it was written by a guy named He Man. So, all things Castle of Grayskull, all things I have the power, 80s babies. We're best friends at this point because I was like, it's written by He-Man. I was like, that's my new favorite psalm. But He-Man, so again, this is going to be really hard to disassociate. Again, dude with the the giant tiger and all that stuff with the realness of God's word. But He-Man writes in Psalm 88, he says, O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry, for my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to Sheol, the pit. I'm like, oh, it's a lament psalm. And again, I don't know where you're at, but when you're feeling emo and you start listening to emo, like you just live there, it's like, man, I'm feeling emo. I'm going back to stain for a little bit. I'm going back to these, the emo thing, put the bang over my hair, and I'm like, yeah, I'm emo. Let's live in emo. And this psalm, dude, he, man, hits it. But I love what he starts with. He knows God. He knows who God is. He is the, oh, Lord, God of my salvation. He's not like questioning, like, who, who, who's this dude? He man knows. He's like, dude, God, you're the God of my salvation. He's praying out to God. And he's, he, he's telling God, he's, dude, I got troubles right now. Some of the highlights that he goes into in Psalm 88, verse 6, he says, you have put me in the depth of the pit in the regions of dark and the deep. It's like, I'm broken. I'm surrounded by it. Can't find it. I, this is where it gets in. Psalm 88, 8, it says, you have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me in horror to them. I am shut in so I cannot escape. You have put me in a box alone. All my friends hate me. Everybody's gone. Ooh. He man's hitting it, man. He, he, he's going right at it. He's speaking the truth. And then it ends with, again, in Psalm 88, verse 14. He says, oh, Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death with your youth, with my youth 
up. I suffer your terror, I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me, your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surrounded me like a flood all day long, and they close in on me together. And you have caused my beloved and my friends to shun me. My companions have only become darkness. Another translation says, darkness is my only companion. I believe that was Simon and Garfunkel again, darkness my old friend. That's where he-man's living, man. So for me, you would expect a psalm to then hit, but God. Nah, it just ends. Psalm 88 just ends there. Darkness is my only companion. My friends hate me. I'm in a pit. Done. Now for some of us, we can think, why is that there? That's the word of God. Yeah. God in his immense wisdom, immense sovereignty, put this as his word of God. Why? Because there's meant to be comfort out of it. So again, then there's another Ezraite. It's the uh, same thing as He-Man. He's an Ezraite. And then again, Psalm 88, again, we, we see, but the Lord is my salvation. He-Man is hitting that. He's going into this. But the very next verse, the very next verse, it says, darkness is my only friend. There's another Ezraite. His name is Ethan. In Psalm 89.1, he says, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. Now, I'm in the kind of the school of thought to think that God perfectly crafted his Bible perfectly together. So it goes from Psalm 88, darkness is my only companion. I'm surrounded. I'm dark. I don't know which way is up. I, I, I feel completely discombobulated. I feel completely isolated. And then the very next verse. I will sing for the steadfast love of the Lord forever with my mouth. I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. Man, how does this pull everything together? Because when Jesus says, again, you are the light of the world. Jesus, yes, Jesus says, you, we, you are the light of the world because he is the light of the world. But just because we are the light doesn't mean that we're never going to go through hardship. Doesn't mean that we're ever going to struggle. Doesn't mean that, again, as a Christian, you've got to have the highest of highs and everything's always good and there's no problems or no nothing. Psalm 88 is literally God's word pouring out through He-Man. And God decided to put that in his Bible. Not to make people go to like uh, emotional and downism and I feel dark and I feel that. He did it because it's a real emotion. It doesn't make you bad or like a sinner if you struggle, it makes you human. It makes you a sinner if you never return to God in your struggle. Because he goes from hitting this, like, again, like hardship is there. But even in dark times, we should never live like we're hiding the light. And I, I'm sitting there and I put it all together because hiding light means that they're hiding the work of Christ. So for us, again, if you're ever sitting in Psalm 88... Sometimes you sit in Psalm 88, but to bring yourself to Psalm 89, verse 1. Because we can't hide the work of Christ. We can't hide what God is doing. We can't be a church that turns around and just says, no, we never can talk about our struggles. We never can talk about the fact that we need God. We never can open up because I, I, I got to have it all together. My past, no, 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 no that's not driving me. Every season of my life, happy, happy, good, we're good, we're good, we're great, 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 great. 
There are times in life that you will feel broken and it's hard for you to shine your light. But the beautiful thing is, what is the light that we shine? We're shining the work of Christ. We're shining what he's doing. God works best with broken. God works best with hurt. God works the best in darkness. But for us, we hide it. We don't ever want to tell somebody we're struggling. Because God can only move when I'm doing good. I don't want to tell somebody that I'm in the dark. Because I don't want people to know that God's working on me in the dark. I don't want to open up up all my insecurities and my vulnerabilities and what's going on in my marriage or with my kids or my finances because I don't want people to know that I'm not trusting the Lord. Even He-Man says, you are Lord, you are God of my salvation. But then he's like, dude, I'm surrounded. I don't know where to go. And then God completes that thought. Man, we sing the steadfast love of the Lord. Light shines strongest in the for whatever reason, we've forgotten this. We, we've given this up. So again, if you're in a spot, like again, you might be broken, you might be beat up, you, you might be surrounded. It's okay. But shine the light of Christ. And weirdly, if you would like to know, and this is where like the big thing, what pulled me out? Yes, go into Psalm 88. But the thing that pulled me out of actually in my like weird mopiness and getting myself out is I realized that God, moreover, God helped me realize, hiding light does not mean that we're hiding one's struggles. So if you have struggles, you can still shine your light on two different occasions. Two different occasions. I had people ask me to pray for them. Because they were hurt. They were lost. They were seeking answers. They were anxious. Two occasions where somebody in darkness came to me and they're like, I need you because I think you're doing great. I think you're living in the light. I, I, I need you to help me find Jesus. I need you to help me get to that, to that spot. I had to go to the hospital and I didn't even realize it was like a dear friend of mine who used to be in young adults with me and I get to the hospital. I was like, oh, I know you. Prayed with a family while he's in the hospital. But to be sitting there, People in their struggle, in their darkness, in their needing the Lord to show up in their life. I didn't see darkness when I stepped in that situation. I saw light because they were seeking God in their struggle. They were seeking God in their wandering. They were seeking God in their brokenness. They weren't, woe is me. They weren't, this is the worst thing in the world and falling down. I'm darkness is surrounded. Someone pulled me out of this. No. In their darkness, in their confusion, in their wanderings, what did they do? They sought the Lord. They went to him even though they were broken and vulnerable and they needed him. And guess what that shined? A light that made me glorify the Father. Because in their brokenness, they're thinking, I'm helping them get to God. But actually, in their brokenness, they're showing a dependence that they need Jesus. Where I'm like, whoo. One of the things that I think I got to is, do you know how powerful it is to see someone when God starts working, when you know that they are in complete need of God? When you start seeing somebody like, I need God to show up in your life. That is one of the most powerful things you possibly can do to shine the light of Christ. But for so 
often we turn around and we never want to let people in on the fact that we truly need Christ. Thus putting a bushel over the light that we have the ability to shine through others. So often we think the only time we can shine God's light is when we're doing good. You're broken, I'm broken, we're all broken, we all need Jesus. So guess what? Let's start shining the light of Jesus into situations because we have no idea what that's going to do for somebody. So often it's like, oh, I, I, I can't shine, I'm struggling with this. Believer, Christian, if you're part of the blessed be, there is never a situation in your life where you should stop shining the light of Christ. And if you're ever in a Psalm 88 moment, darkness is my only companion, I don't know where to go. Do you know how real that is to look at somebody and be like, yeah, I'm struggling too, but I love Jesus. Yeah, I'm struggling too, but he's God and he's the Lord of my salvation. And I don't know where to go, but I know I need to rely on him. I don't know what to do, but I know I need to go to his word and I need to seek him out. I don't know what I need to do, but I'm going to pray so fiercely that I'm going to have holes in my knees and I'm not going to stop until I hear from the Lord. We think so often that light has to be just like, I'm doing good. The best times when we see God move is when we're broken. So if you're here and you're thinking, I'm hurt, sometimes opening up and telling people that you're hurt shows the light of Christ. Sometimes you can be sitting in a spot where you're anxious and you don't know what tomorrow will bring. But being able to push people like, I, I don't get this, man. I'm freaked out, but I know I need to pray. I know I need to trust him. I know he's been faithful through everything else in my life, and I know this too will pass. But man, I, I don't know what to do. If you're sitting here and again, you're struggling, people who repent can be some of the best people who emit the light of Christ. I'm struggling and I need to apologize to you and I need to repent. I need forgiveness from you. Why? Nothing more because the word of God, again, the words of Christ dwell in me richly. That can be one of the best ways to turn around and show Jesus. If you're sitting here and you're like, I'm a failure. Welcome to the club, man. I'm struggling. Yeah, me too. I'm hurt. Yeah. Now, again, this is not like getting a competition while I'm hurt, while I'm hurt too. And again, like sometimes let people just have their moment and you can talk about it later. But so often, well, I, I'm not, I'm not going to shine my light because I'm, I'm just not doing good. God shines his light strongest in darkness. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we need to be perfect, we're problem free, and we're never going to struggle. But so often, so often, when we start struggling, when we really need God, we, we, we don't feel we're shining the light. Be open about your struggle. Be there because so often we shut down from showing people the light when things are not great and we forget. I will sing the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your steadfastness to all generations. That's the light, man. Yeah, I'm struggling. Yeah, I'm in darkness. But that's the Lord of my salvation. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a stand, it gives light to all in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Show your light. Because he is light. Show your brokenness. But show how he's healed your brokenness. Show your wanderings. 
because he is the faithful one who's going to bring you back. It's okay to talk about these things. It's okay to be there. Because when Jesus said, you are the light of the world, even in all, again, all of our imperfections, all of our, uh, all of our facts that we don't know what's going on, he still knew he was calling his church to be the light of the world. So for you here, and if you're like, but, but I know Jesus and sometimes I don't, yeah, he knows that. But I struggle sometimes, he knows that. But he still called you to be his light. So for me today, like, do you know his light? Because if we're going to leave here today and we're going to actually go admit like, his light, not woe is me and all this stuff, we actually got to know his light. So for some of us, we got to get to a place where do we truly know him? There could be a group of people who for the first time could call out on Jesus like, I need you as light. I need you to direct my path. I need to be open and honest. I need to be, be able to be real in the fact that like, I've never called out for him to rescue me from the pit. Darkness is my only companion and has just been there forever. There's a group of people, again, they don't know how to shine in their struggle because they don't know him. There's a group of people that, again, they, they can't navigate through any issue because they don't know him. Do you know him? Do you know Christ Jesus as Lord? Do you know that if you call out in his name, he will save you, that he's faithful and he's just and he's able to redeem even the grosses of the gross and the nasty of the nasty and the rebel of the rebel? Jesus is there for you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I love verse 17. Like ever since Roy said that when he was up here preaching, I was about saying that again, God did not come down here to condemn the world, but to save it. Have you been saved? Because you can't shine your light if you don't know the light. But then there's another group of us. We know the light. We're sitting where he man's sitting. Oh God, oh Lord of my salvation. I know him. I can recite some verses for you. I got really good church attendance. I come to a growth community. But maybe you forgot all that his light entails. Maybe you forgot that even in the darkest of the dark, again, you can still shine his light. You still are useful. You still can be used for the kingdom of God. You still can help people see that God is good and God is always working. For some of us, when we start getting in the pit, we just internalize and we don't do anything. We just become like narcissistic people who only think about ourselves. But to be somebody who in the darkness realize that Christ will continue to work. Be like, I can talk about this because I'm faith, or God is faithful to show up in this situation. It doesn't matter what it is. That's how people see light. People see light when the church is being real. People see the light of Christ when they can relate with somebody. So again, I didn't go through all that martyrdom with me so you could be like, oh man, Ryan, sometimes it goes dark. Sometimes I do. But I pray that you walk away being like, man, God still works. He works in pastors. Guess what? He'll work with you too. But some of us need to be reminded that even in the darkest time, light shines brightest in the darkness. Light is always unmistakably there. And all we got to do is look towards it. So if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and you want to know Jesus as your Savior right now, I'll be right over there, and I would love to be able to pray with you about making Jesus your Lord today. But if you're here and you know him, and you need to go back to him, you need to ask him to shine his light on you, you need to ask him to show him what he's doing, you need to show him, like, hey, I still need the work of Christ in my life because I ain't done yet. You can, he can meet you in your seat. You can come up here and take an altar. Do whatever you need. Pray with people after the gathering. But you are the light of the world. Let's as a church be a light 
for those who do not know him. We got stuff like trunk or treat, great. But I want people to see the realness of God and the realness of the church, that we desperately need him because we cannot shine a light without him.